Welcome to One Good Idea. I'm Ben Lovell. I'm here with my wife, Casey Lovell. We're going to be doing podcasts on Jesus Christ in the 21st century, and it's going to be called 21st in Christ. On these podcasts, we're just going to talk a little bit about where Christianity and life intersect. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk a little bit about getting involved in the church and the benefits and the drawbacks of a big church and a small church, and we're going to talk just about church. So let's go ahead and transition into the pros and cons of a big church and a small church. There's a debate out there of whether or not big church is a good idea and all that stuff. And I just don't think that's a necessary argument to have. And the reason why I say that is because you can get out of church what you're willing to put into it. So the idea of a big church probably being a corporate worship or having a disconnect, it's a church in general. So if it's an actually quality church, you can go out and seek what you want. Yes, a big church can be disconnected and you have the opportunity to just be partakers of a church and then go home and watch football. But there actually is an opportunity in a big church to actually get involved. And that's one of the cool things about a big church is that the choirs are bigger. You know, at Brentwood Baptist in Nashville, they're able to actually bring in an orchestra per se to do certain Sundays or to do church performances and that's really cool and I think that that's something that I enjoy. There's nothing good about that. There's nothing bad about that. That's just an existence of the big church. You also have the ability to have a variety of programs. So your Sunday school, you might have multiple different topics that you can pick from, which is a drawback of the small church. But one of the benefits of the small church is what the big church isn't able to offer as easily, which is the accountability, which is something that Casey feels like is an important thing. And I'll let her go ahead and talk about that. But there's something that is nice about a small church is you're held responsible for showing up. And that actually helps get you out of bed because you are expected to be there, which is obviously an expectation as a Christian is you should be going to church. And it's a lot harder to hide when you're in a small church. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing that I appreciate about smaller churches, um, and for some people this is a pro and for some it can almost be seen as a con, but there is at times more of a sense of community because you know everyone and you are expected to get involved, you're expected to participate, and so when you don't, uh, it's it's usually noticeable. And so um, I think there is a really good sense of community there because it, it almost has to exist whereas sometimes with big churches they can lose that community a little bit but I think no matter what size of church you are you have to be intentional about community and about accountability and about getting involved I think big churches small churches as a whole today especially we're, we're seeing a little bit of a problem with um, leaders in the church they're having a problem with trying to get members of the church involved and again that that's a problem in big churches and small churches alike. It's just easier in smaller churches to be able to hold each other accountable for getting involved versus in a big church, there's not, you may not have a personal relationship with everyone. And so it may be harder to approach that or harder to ask people to get involved in a certain way. Let's talk a little bit about the term church shopping. I want to encourage people to be able to find a church and stick with it. Every church is going to have something that you are not going to like. And if you, you've probably have heard that statement before too. But what I want to say, and I, I don't really want to take credit for this because I don't feel like this was one of my original thoughts. I feel like I heard this somewhere. But 
if you are looking for an opportunity to leave a church, you're going to find it. And in the same sense, if you're going to look for an opportunity to stay at a church, you're going to find it. Once you find a church that you like, drop anchor and get involved. There really is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I think that that is something that we should be doing is to drop anchor and get involved in a church. I think it's okay to look at a few churches, maybe spend a few months just going around your community trying to find a church that you really like. But once you find it, decide to stay there and you get involved and you become an active part of the church. You don't just kind of be a passive observer, a passive consumer. That's not part of being in in church. Yeah, and I would say, again, churches are having problems with people not getting involved. And part of that is because people are church hopping so much. Now, okay, there's a difference if you're, if you're moving or something else. Uh, but I think we're church hopping so much as a culture right now because I think it goes back to the maybe we don't want to get involved or maybe we don't want to spend our time really investing in the church that we decide that it's okay to hop around churches or to kind of stay in the background. I think churches, I guess you could say in a sense, are experiencing that that turnover a little bit or that hesitancy of people just saying, I don't have the time. And again, we could talk on a whole different topic of how we use our time and how our culture is just go, go, go. But again, there is so much important. The church was made to come together and to have people with unique talents um, that God has given them to work together and to do different things so that everyone can participate and, and bring something new and bring something that maybe another person can't bring. Let's go ahead and continue the thought and finish out with church as a business. And one of the cool things about a business is that there's a lot of different things that is needed. Um, I'm going to finish out at the end of this podcast with a verse and it's going to be a little long, so stick with me on it. But you you have a unique talent, whatever that may be, and the church needs that. So if you're artistic, the church needs that. If you're really good at greeting people, the church obviously needs that. If you're really good at babysitting, great. The church needs help in the nursery. There's so many great opportunities for what you are good at in the church. I think a church would be hard-pressed to be able to tell you, oh, the gift that you've been given or what you're really good at, there's no place in the need for the church. So find what you're good at and then go to the church and say, this is a skill that I'm good at. Is there a spot for me? And I bet you that they got a spot for you. And I think a good thing to mention too is as we talk in this podcast and on future podcasts, um, we don't want to pretend like we've got everything figured out um, or that we are pastors. We don't have degrees in uh, ministry, but we're just here to look at what the Word of God says and try to uh, decipher that and talk about it in these podcasts and also just our observances and our experiences of what we've seen in our age, what we've seen in culture. So we're here doing the best we can to uh, follow Christ and follow His teachings. And again, we're not going to be perfect in that, but hopefully we can be a good sounding board for people to, you know, ask questions, express concerns, and um, really talk about the topics that are affecting us today and especially affecting different age groups. So let's go ahead and finish out this podcast. We appreciate you guys giving us an opportunity to talk to you guys about the church. Let's go ahead and finish it off with two verses that apply to 
the church and your involvement in the church. So Casey's going to go ahead and read Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and then I'm going to end with a verse in 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah, so Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 is talking about how Christ has equipped us with different abilities and different positions. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And 1 Corinthians twelve twelve through 27 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear shall say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest, uh, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving great honor to the part that lacked it, and there may be no division in the body, that, but that the member may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do they all possess gifts of healing? Do they all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So why we want to talk about this verse was kind of because of what we were talking about before with getting involved in the church and about how every member, every part of the body has their own skills, their own talents that can be used in the church and how every everyone in the church, everyone plays a part and for the church to function at its best, we need every part to be working because every one's talents, everyone's skills, what they can bring are very important. They might not be exactly the same thing, but that's good because we need different things, different skills, different talents to be able to function the best for the church to be able to function the best that it can. Because sure, maybe a church could function when we use the illustration of a body without, you know, a hand, but it's not going to be able to function to the best of its ability unless everyone is really getting involved and putting in the time and that's why God has given us different talents and abilities so that we can come together as a church and we can do our best to spread the word and to reach out to other people and to live a life like Christ. So that wraps up 21st in Christ. We appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Feel free to subscribe or ask us any questions. We are here for you. We would love to be able to talk about God and the church and whatever else you want to talk about. So if you want to chat with us, email us and we hope you have a great day.